The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And this week on the Pride of Detroit PODcast, we're talking about the 53-man roster and Taylor Decker's brand spanking new contract. But first, welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us and also new in this season, Pride of Detroit on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, where every we are live every episode, every dang episode, as long as we can be, we're live. And you can watch us there and find us on YouTube. I know, Jeremy, you've started that YouTube. YouTube, search for Pride of Detroit on YouTube. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host, back for the season. No longer banished, no longer in exile. Find me on Twitter, at Chris Perfett. And as always, my fearless leader, Jeremy Reisman, at Detroit Online, my buddy. Hey, bud. Nice to see you hey again. It's st- I'm still adjusting to not being the first one to talk. It's uh, it, it's gonna take an adjustment, but it it also <laughs> feels comfortable at the same time because you're you're the one doing the talking. It's how it should be. It's how it should <laughs> well, be. I, I like, wouldn't go that you, far. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, this is what someone said. Like, I needed to be in here as the yin to your yang. <laughs> I think this is supposed to mean exactly what he's talking about <laughs> right there. It's been too long. We've got the duo back, and we're just gonna have some fun today. But we've got plenty to talk about on the show right now. Again, live on Twitch.tv, Pride of Detroit. You can subscribe on there. Kick, kick uh, Jeremy some coffee money, some more like dog food money for his dog. Yeah, he's got. You don't want dog. Zazu to starve, do you? Do you? He never starve Zazu. Never starve Zazu. You, you've got the luxurious paycheck of an SB Nation writer. You oh, can yeah. feed Zazu the good, <laughs> the good stuff. Only royal canon. Kane <laughs> is it Kanan? I, Kanan? I, 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 I used to buy it for my cat because <clears throat> he's got a bad. Why are, we, why are we doing this? Taylor Decker. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, on the show today, as I said on the stop, we got the 53-man roster predictions coming up. And then next episode, we're doing our full big... The season's almost here, Jeremy. Yeah, it's, it's obscene. 12 days from when we're recording this. That's insane to me. Why Why has it snuck up, do you think? No preseason. I mean, that's it. Like, there's preseason at least gets you, like, sets a base expectation for this team. And without it, you're just like, wait, what? Like, I don't... I, 
what's going to happen in week one? We have no yeah, idea. At, like, there's no basis. Like, I can't tell you how the lines are going to perform based on how they play against themselves. We, yeah, as much as we, I think, bang on the preseason for rightly so being not good to watch, I would say. But at the same time, like, it's a marker. You know when it's coming. You know what you have coming your way. And you're good. Yeah. Uh, also, the NBA the NBA playoffs should not be in the second round, but here we are. <laughs> but you know. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's dive into the big news of the day as Taylor Decker signs a big spanking extension. Some we, we want to go over it because the numbers aren't being reported. I think uh, completely correct. But the Lions have locked up their left tackle for now and for the future and are getting... Well, we'll talk about the value here. You want to go over the specifics right now, Jeremy? Yeah, it, it got a little confusing because the agency that Taylor Decker belongs to was actually the first to announce the news and they kind of did it in a way that skewed it, that made it like made it look bigger and longer. And basically they said it was a six-year, $85 million deal. You break it down realistically, um, it's not a six-year extension. It's essentially a five-year extension, but that last year in that five-year extension is a, a year that automatically voids. So you take away the six down to five. You take away the five down to four when you take out of the voided year. Really what this is in new money is a four-year $60 million deal. And you can see why the agency wanted to pump it up to 60 or $85 million. Sounds bigger. But basically it's a four-year extension. So he's signed for four more years beyond this year, 2020, and getting an extra $60 million. And so that average per year is $15 million a year, which is pretty high for a tackle. We were kind of going over the terms. It's about top five for a left tackle in this league right now. But, I mean, we have this conversation all the time with quarterbacks, right? When a quarterback gets a new deal, it's the biggest deal of all time. And you're like, but this mm -hmm. isn't a biggest – this isn't the best quarterback of all time. Why is he getting the big – well, I mean, it's the same with everything. Like, Taylor Decker, probably not a top five left tackle in this league, but the way that paying tackles works, the way that paying an NFL contract works is when you're – extending a guy he basically gets top five top ten money um and so this is almost exactly where um i saw every estimate for taylor decker's extension um brad steinberger who, who wrote an article for us said he expected four years or, or he expected five years 75 million so um the same average per year um his his uh guaranteed well, money was, was the exact same as well so basically this this is a deal that is exactly to where most people viewed his value to be. So I think it's a it's a fair deal for both sides. Let me give the uh, you mentioned about top five. So he's actually seventh overall for all tackles, but that includes two right tackles in there. Mm -hmm. Spot track putting the AAV for Laramie Tunsil at twenty two million. We we'll skip over Lane Johnson, Trenton Brown again. They're right tackles. Then after him, you've got Anthony Costanzo sixteen point five, Taylor Lewan. 16 Nate Solder and then Taylor Decker now with the updated AAV of 15 million. Yeah. And yeah, to your point like I think Tyron Tyron Smith's worth more than his AAV of like what 12 million, but you know, that's he's not going to they they got him in at the right time. So yeah, but I think this is part of what the Lions need. Look, they they they're going to be doing this with some of their earlier draft picks now. They like Taylor Decker. You need that anchor on the offensive line, so he's going to be there. I think, if anything else, people, they just, I, I feel a little bad for Taylor Decker in that most people looked at this looked at this signing and said, all right, now let's break off Kenny G. <laughs> yeah, and, and that'll be the big question, whether they get the Kenny Galladay 
deal done as well. I think they will. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the mailbag. Um, but just to, to kind of close out on Decker real quick, um, he's a guy that is mostly reliable. He's only really dealt with one major injury in his career. He had that torn labrum that caused him to miss half a season back in, I think it was 2017. Other than that, he's missed one game. Um, he's also He also finished quite strong last year. I think he was a top five left tackle by PFF's grades from week 10, or the final 10 se- weeks of the 2019 season. So coming off a really strong performance, he's a guy that that I think has all of the locker room you know characteristics that they, this team wants. He's a hard worker. He doesn't talk a lot. Um, he's becoming a leader in the locker room. You know, we saw him talk on the demonstrations last week. So um, he's a guy that, that that's well liked in the locker room. A guy that's performing at a, at a top ten level. And so, yeah, I think this is a fair deal. I think this makes sense. And I'm I'm glad the Lions are finally keeping one of their own really good offensive line because we saw what happened to Graham Glasgow last offseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's about fair. Now, remind me, Jeremy, because I don't have his contract up. Do we know when Frank Ragnow is due? Um, he has two more years left on his deal, so he okay. could potentially get one next year. Okay, so we could probably see that too. And I mean, I think that's a pretty good core right there for your offensive line between Ragnow and uh, Decker. Sure. And, you know, Jonah Jackson and, and maybe Logan Stenberg are your right and left guards of the future. We'll, we'll get to talking about the guards a little bit in a minute here when we're talking about the 53-man breakdown. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Lions' future for the offensive line could look pretty good. We'll, we'll still have to wait and see what the, the long-term plan is at right tackle. But for now, the future is, is somewhat bright on the offensive line, and that's something that we haven't really been able to say in a very, very long time. That's that's conventional wisdom that you get your left tackle figured out before your right tackle, I think. Sure, no question. And, I mean, the two yeah. most important positions on your offensive line are left tackle and center. Lo- yeah. The lines have those yeah, and both I've, I've locked down center the all the time. I've pumped center all the time. I love... I love what center does for the offensive line. I think it plays a massive role in this league. I think it's very underappreciated what exactly centers can do. So uh, we should really get into the uh, roster, don't you think? Let's do it. I'm very excited for this. Let's go. Let's freaking go. All right. Uh, I'm going to find my roster here. I've got like eight windows open as we sit here and field prep. Yeah. And right I- a Detroit POD cast. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. Jeremy. No, I was just going to kind of break down how it's going to sound on for for the listeners. We're just kind of going to go position by position. Um, we're going to talk about how many we're keeping, what guys we're not keeping, um, why we're keeping who we are. Um, we'll basically just be running down our each 53 man roster. And then maybe maybe at the end for the people that are watching or live or on youtube we'll just kind of have our 53 man roster on the screen so you guys can compare them contrast them that sort of stuff i don't know are you prepared to do something like that i think i am yeah okay. i can share my screen okay uh, but yeah I we'll do that we're, at we're the trying end. For, for those who don't know we're trying like a new recording on discord so uh i i'm, I'm curious where that's going to go for you on the podcast you're just going to get a stream of names yeah. so i apologize right <laughs> away but uh i I, however, I think we're going to focus on what we have different between the two of us. So we'll run through and uh, maybe we'll try to take some questions and have them on the podcast. No, we've got a live Twitch audience here that no one can hear because they have been all, uh, they all have ball gags in their mouth or whatever, but uh, they're all gimps from Pulp Fiction, essentially. They're all the gimps right now. They're all very silent and watching us. We've got an audience of mimes here, and they're just going to mime their reaction to us, and we're going to tell you on the podcast what that reaction is. So let's start with quarterback. Yes. The big question here, and we talked about it a little bit last week, three or two, because I think we can all say David Mm -hmm. Blau and Chase Daniel, I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford and Chase Daniel are in. 
The question is, is David Blau in? I have him in. No, I have him out. Why? I think they're only going to carry two. I think at this point, like, if something does happen with Stafford, they've shown in the past that uh, you just need to carry two. You can easily swap swap things around. I think the argument that maybe you carry three for COVID is acceptable, but I only have right now Stafford and Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel just signed to a new three-year contract. Yeah. I think it's that nod over Blau. There's no question to me that he's the number two. Chase Daniel's the number two. Yeah. I, I think they keep three for a couple reasons. One is the COVID reason, as you, as you mentioned, although you kind of have to think if, if somehow Chase Daniel and Matt Stafford have COVID, well, David Blau's probably in trouble as well, but... Yeah, that aside, just, just have a wide receiver line up under center or something. That that aside, I think the Lions really value David Blau. I think, I mean, they obviously traded for him last year. He looks a lot better in camp this year. Um, he might not clear waivers. I, th- I think the Lions are in an advantageous position where they could risk it because there's no preseason. There's no extra film out there on David Blau. There's obviously the end of last year, which wasn't so good. Um, but... Yeah, th- there's no there's no video proof of him improving this offseason um, unless, you know, <laughs> we hear Green Bay scouts are just reading beat reporter writings now. So maybe <laughs> maybe Green Bay Packers are like, you know what? They're reading you, Jeremy. Jordan, Jordan Love isn't working out. Let's go get David Blau. <laughs> no, I doubt that's going to happen. The other thing, too, is as you're going to see through this roster is that I have a lot. They're, they're carrying a lot on the defense in my prediction in that they, they have some unanswered questions on who's going to do it for them on the defensive depth chart, and I don't think they're ready to to make some of those some of those moves I, just yet. Yeah, so, and I yeah. will say if but if I wanted to keep two. I personally I would only keep two, and I think you could probably yeah. stash David Blau on the practice squad because it would have made the defense a lot easier. But instead yeah. I think they're gonna keep three and make it a lot harder on the back end there. All right, running backs. So I have DeAndre Swift Carry on Johnson, Joe, uh, Joe Scarborough, Bo Scarborough. Scarborough, excuse me. It's already hot here. I, I my brain just fired. Excuse me. Adequate starts. Adequate starts often and early. Bo Scarborough, Huntley and Ty Johnson. Okay. Now I know you, you brought up an observation to me and unfortunately you said the word that triggers me more than anything else. And it's why I refuse to put him on here, but he will probably get the nod over someone like, probably over, I don't know, Huntley. But go go on, say say what it is. is say, I'm, say I'm say assuming it's back. fullback. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Okay, you were way too loud. Uh, yeah, no, the the lines like themselves some fullback, and with uh, Nick Bodden on IR again, uh, Jason Kabinda, linebacker turned fullbacker, I think absolutely makes the squad. Uh, the the Lions want to be this mean, tough running football team, and while I think that might help a guy like Bo Scarborough or uh, Jonathan Williams, neither of those guys have been playing too well. Bo Scarborough hasn't been playing at all; he's too injured, and so uh, I mean he's getting close to being back, but at this point, I think it's too late. So I think. They scrap both strong running backs in, in, J- in Jonathan Williams and Bo Scarborough. They bring in Jason Cabinda. So I have Jason Huntley, on Johnson, Ty Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Jason Cabinda. We're cutting West Hills. We're cutting Bo Scarborough. We're cutting Jonathan Williams. We're going with a fullback instead of a pure power back. 
and and then we're just like all this lightning speed and, and Ty Johnson and Jason Huntley. We're keeping them all around. We're, we're we we just want to go fast and speedy and, and guys that can catch out of the backfield. Uh, the Lions, I don't think, can get enough of those kind of guys. So I think they're just going to keep them all. Even though you could certainly make the argument that a guy like Jason Huntley and Ty Johnson make each other kind of uh, redundant. So you've got excuse me five. I'm, I'm accounting. The, if you count I, a as fullback, much as I don't want. Yes, I have five. <clears throat> I'm going to keep <clears throat> saying it. Okay. <laughs> Please no. Let's move on to the wide receivers yes. before I have to hear that cursed word again. Listen, it's it's 2020. Like, I'm sorry. We, we we need to either evolve the position to the super back as was ordained, or I just don't want to hear it. I mean, the, like, the other option. I'm there- going to be a cave. I'm going to be the advanced caveman in this regard. The the other option at fullback. Sorry, I had to say mm. it again. Um is it better if I just say F back? Is that is that like kind no, of no, 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 no. Trojan Listen, horsing I, I it in there? I think you're right. They're going to carry an FB. They're going to carry an FB. <laughs> but the other, it just it fits the motto of the this other team. option though. If if you want to save a roster spot, is making someone like Isaac Nauta play that position, which he did at the end of last year. The mm-hmm. problem though for me is that I haven't seen Isaac Nauta play fullback at all in training camp. So I think yeah, I think I, it's all yeah. about uh, Jason Cabinda at this point. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. All right, wide receivers. Let's go. Wide receivers. All right. Now we're into the juicy, juicy, yes. juicy, juicy, juicy. But I think, do we, we all got it all on this? We do. Because we all, I mean, we obviously all have Kenny Galladay. We all have Marvin Jones. Yeah. We all have Danny Amendola. We all have Quintus Amendola. So that's yeah, Cephas was a surprising one, but I, I want to hear what yours is before I give mine. I think the final, I mean, basically, I think, I think the toss up is whether you keep these. I think there's no question to me that the, the next two on the depth chart are Jamal Agnew and Marvin Hall. My question is whether they keep five, whether they keep six, or I, I think that's just it. And I have them keeping six, so I have them keeping both Marvin Hall and Jamal Agnew. Agnew, to me, looks like he's running unopposed for the punt return job. Uh, I've seen other people take reps there. Jason Huntley tried earlier in camp. It did not go well. Um, and then his transition to wide receiver has been seamless. He, he looks the part there. And, and granted, he's probably not going to get a lot of reps there. Um, he is the backup to Danny Amendola at this point. So if, if Danny Amendola, you know, a guy who's dealt with injuries in the past, a guy who's aging at this point, goes through injuries at any point, it's going to be nice to have someone like Agnew there. So I think he makes it. And then Marvin Hall, speedster dude. I mean, the guy was so good last year in, in just, you know, seven catches for whatever yards, almost 30 yards a catch. You can't take that kind of big play threat away. I think he's earned a, a, a second year here, and I think he's going to thrive. So the fly in my ointment, uh, as it comes down to it, it's just, it, it, and this was the one thing that hung me up on that last spot, and that is me trying to figure out why the Lions re-signed Chris Lacey after cutting him this same offseason. And I know he's, like, barely seen anything in you know full season i know like whatever his career he's only had like three receptions or whatever but to me the criminology says if you're bringing back a guy at this stage just like two weeks ago and you're putting more money on it i like i i don't know i i i find i find it more likely that lacy will make the roster i like the case for agnew a lot but i have lacy in that fifth spot so no, and no sixth spot, no Marvin Hall? No, again, because I, I think, again, the Lions are going pretty heavy on uh, on defense here. I think you're crazy, but I'll allow. I like, I I like Chris Lacey a lot, and I do think he, uh, I do think he is a talented guy that could make it as a team's fifth or sixth wide receiver, but I think 
since he's kind of like that tall, big receiver, I think ever since the Lions got Quintus Cephas, it's kind of just pushed him off the roster. Yeah, I could see that. But again, I just, I don't, like, Lacey spent two years with this team. He didn't do much, but he was there as a body. Yeah. He knows the system with with Patricia. He knows the system. And as much as he, he I mean, I get it. He was cut from the 90-man roster. But again, why bring him back then? If you're not going to be committed you to something, like, you're just going to, Chuck a little extra money at him, I guess. Maybe as a going away gift. Maybe, maybe. But I, I, th- I, th- I look at these rosters less about what I think is logical and more about what I, I'm trying to put my 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 feet in the shoes and look at what the trends have been as far as what these teams have done. I'm more than willing to take L's on it. Like I think Agnew's you probably will. making it, and I probably <laughs> probably have gone one linebacker too many, and I should probably take one off, put Agnew back on. And probably take a DL and put another quarterback on, but you know what? I've commit this to paper, so it's it makes for better radio when when you're wrong. I'm always wrong. <laughs> um, do we need to say anything about the tight ends, Hawkinson, James, Nada? Here's where I throw the curveball. Oh, I haven't seen enough out of Nada to be impressed. We have to remember that okay. that Nada should not be like automatically guaranteed a roster spot because what like he was here last year he he didn't do much he wasn't great as a fullback when he was a fullback he was just kind of around and i like hunter bryan a lot the reason i don't have him on the team is is simply injury i think he really would have contested isaac nada for that third spot um had he not get gotten injured but um, I think he's a guy that they're definitely going to try to stash on the practice squad. He was kind of a high-priority undrafted rookie, so there is a chance that he gets claimed. But I think, given the injury, they're just going to try to slide him through waivers and get him. Matt Sokol is a name that I think people should be paying a little bit more attention to. I'm going to be completely honest here. This is a shot in the dark. This is me throwing a dart at a dartboard. Mm-hmm. But based on what I saw at practice squad... He deserves a little bit more attention. So I'm sneaking him in as my my long shot, my dark horse to make the roster, and I currently have him in over Isaac Nada. Jeremy, you just gave me the case on why Isaac Nada should make it as a full fullback. But he's not playing. But, but yeah, that flexibility, man. We've, we've seen did. this team before. They love That's their flexibility. As a note, I, I do think Hunter Bryant, like, I want to give him the nod here, but I think he's just going to end up on the practice squad. Like, the the yeah, team is going to hold totally on fair. to I mean, to Hunter Bryant. I, I just I just want to say that as, like, an as an additional, yeah. you know, he's he's got the sideline, he's got the hamstring injury, so he's not going to count towards it, but when he comes back, I think he goes to the practice squad. Fair enough. Yeah. Want to move to the offensive line here? All right, this is where we get uh, a little spicy, shall we? Let's yeah, let's do it. You or me first. So Decker's not making the team. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Gotta get him right into the right extension. now. Just you I mean, sign, you the, sign the, the money, la- man. The last players that have gotten extensions in this in this team are Quandre Diggs, uh, Damon Harrison, <laughs> two guys that got cut. You're, you're like a really, year after their you're really putting the bad juju out here. <laughs> I, I do not appreciate this uh, coming back my second time back already, and you're just like spilling this out here. So anyway, uh, I've got Decker, Dahl, Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, Vitae. Are we good so far? Say his first name, you coward. I don't have it up in front of me, and I refuse <laughs> to Halapuli Vati. Halapulivati. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I just didn't, <laughs> yes, I didn't have so it. I didn't have it up. I just wrote down last names here. So um, Kenny Wiggins, are we good so far? 
Yes, although I, I do believe the battle with him and Ode Ibushi are, is neck and neck, but I do have Wiggins in over him. Well, it's funny because I have Ibushi in as well. You're crazy. And Two I have veteran backup guards. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have uh, Tyrell Crosby in as well. Yep. And easy. then Logan Stenberg. Yes. Are we all, are we on the same page? No, because you have Ode Ibushi and I have Bo Benshaw. Is that how you say his name? Because that does not yes. look like how you say his name. Bo Benshaw, yeah. It's I'm, an, not, I'm not trying to make fun of it. I just, I just, I try, I think we tried during prep for me to say his name and I kept wanting to move the Z somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, you basically don't pronounce it. You just say Benshaw. Benshaw. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a tricky case with him because you basically have to balance the value of a backup center. Um, who's basically that, just a pure backup center. Yeah. Not saying he can't play guard, but and that's seen, where he'll get most value. Yeah, and we've seen other position players on this team before turn and play guard when Frank Frank Ragnow has been hurt. Sure. Well, and yeah, Graham Glasgow was the guy for that last year, but Joe Dahl is a guy who could kick it inside uh, Good if, job. if Frank Ragnow were to were to get injured. And then if, if Joe Dahl's out, you can slip in Kenny Wiggins. You can slip in Logan Stenberg if he's ready. So they'd be okay there. But I do think the Lions spent a lot of resources last year trying to cross-train Bo Benchall as, as the center. And to me, that was their plan. Like, they knew they were getting rid of Graham Glasgow. They, they knew they were going to need a more full-time backup center. And so I think Bo Benchall is, is a guy that's worth keeping uh, keeping on the roster, even though he'll just primarily be a backup. Yeah, I just I I'm just trying to figure out what I like about Abushi and I really wish I could say, but I think just again it I I just I'm good for it. You know me, I'm not yeah, I, I don't like I don't like explaining these like long lists. Yeah. Well, I mean, he made the team last year. My my counter argument against that is like, well, now the Lions drafted two guards. They have a bunch of uh-huh. young guys at guard, so they really only, I think they really only need one veteran guy. So I do think it's going to be Ibushi versus Wiggins, and I do think it could go either way. I just get a sense that they like Wiggins a little better. He's, he's a little more versatile going left side and right side. Um, I, I like Ibushi a lot as, as a person, but as a player, I just, I don't think that the value is there. Okay. Are we done with the, we, we powered through that. We did. We powered like through it. it like a fullback <laughs> through the line. You bastard. <laughs> fullback, you, you know, fullback, you to go to the coach. He says he, you know, he needs a yard, you'll get him three yards. He needs five yards, you'll get him three yards. How dare you spit on the grave of Corey Schlesinger, who's not dead, by the way, but... Schlesinger didn't say that. I know, but... You, was, I mean, that, was, that, the, was that Leroy Horde? I don't know. I'm just saying you're, you're of, denigrating I, that, that, the fullback position when one of the greatest lines of all time, Corey Schlesinger, played that position. Is he really? Uh, I actually, I, I no, should he's, check. He's not one of the greatest. I lines was going to say you're, you're throwing you know. me off. Like you're throwing me off because I have the names in my head as one of those like '90s names you don't forget. All right, let's take a quick break here. I want to answer some stuff from chat we've been uh, chomping for a little bit we're going to take a break come back with the defensive side of our roster predictions i'm going to actually try to fight back against jeremy because i'm just seeding the floor to him because he's been the one who's been at the the practices he's got the, I got the inside i got the he's got the insight he's got the insight and i'm just a guy who uh is back here and I, i'm feeling myself out it's preseason for your boy here but when we come back defensive side of our 53 man roster uh, maybe some more interesting stuff we've kind of seen as we lean into the season itself. Man, it's almost here. 
So we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Once again, catch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, where we're live right now and we just bantered with people. So we're going to continue on here and get into the rest of our 53-man roster predictions where Jeremy is boat racing me right now. So let's talk about the defense. Uh, you want to start with your list here then? Sure. Yeah. Let's start with I the think- defensive line first. Uh, sadly, you know, injuries and opt-outs and all that I think has made this fairly straightforward for me at least. Yeah. Obviously, you got your starters, Trey Flowers, Deshaun Hand, uh, Nick Williams, Danny Shelton. Those are your four starters. Throw in uh, John Penasini, I think, because he's basically your only backup nose tackle unless you think Olive Songopolu, who they brought back this week, is, is going to be in that conversation. I don't think he will be. And then Kevin Strong is, is a guy that can back up the kind of the three-tech, the five-tech um did an okay job of it last year there's i just don't think he really has any strict competition there because the guys that they brought in late kevin wilkins and uh will clark i don't think those guys are are legitimate competition at this point they they didn't have enough time to catch on it's unfair to them but i just don't think they're really good enough to, to compete for any of those spots yeah so let's go down the list then so i've got trey flowers danny shelton nick williams deshaun hand okara we good so far Yep. Oh, I think I forgot to mention Okara, but yeah, he's yeah, in on yeah, me yeah. for, for And then well. um, Kevin Strong, and then this last one's a little weird for me. Again, they just picked him up, and I think he's going to be a body on the roster, is Albert Huggins. And I think um, Austin Bryan's going to come off Pup, replace Huggins at some point. John Pinasini's probably headed to the practice squad. Yeah, it, I mean, Huggins is interesting because they put in a claim for him, which is more than just, you know, pulling a guy off the street. Like, you you put in a waiver claim. So there, there's some sense of urgency, kind of. Like, you, you didn't want him to pass through waivers and, and potentially sign him. So it's, it's kind of an interesting situation. I just think it's – it'd be I don't know if it'd be unheard of, but it'd be kind of crazy to me to, to claim a guy on a Tuesday and cut down days Saturday, and this guy makes the difference – he becomes that valuable to you that you keep him on the roster that 
over a guy you drafted like John Pennicini, that that's a big risk. I don't know. I, I it, It's something that could happen. We always see surprises on cutdown day, but I, I just can't see Albert Huggins making a big enough an imp- impression. And, and who knows even the kind of thing he has to go through to, to get in the building with COVID. I don't yeah, even know how all that works. Unless maybe they've already got him. Like I, I, my rationale is he's probably gone through the testing with the Texans. And yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I haven't I seen where the works. testing clusters, because we had this issue of a couple weeks ago with the testing clusters handle like a specific, like X number of teams for specific things. So I don't know if the Texans are in the same one or if that handles differently. But again, man, I, I, I like doing the Kremlinology. And again, why I, I know that teams just kind of do these things randomly, but why claim them right now, today on a Tuesday, if you're not, if that's not going to factor into your into your final decision. And and the curious thing about him, too, is what were his two, what were two of his previous teams? The Texans and the Patriots. Mm hmm. Two teams that run very similar defenses. Two teams that have Patriot ties. The Lions have Patriot ties. So there, there, I think there is legitimate interest in him. I just think it's like, well, let's get him accustomed to Detroit. Let's let's at least get a, a brief glimpse of glimpse of him, and then try to convince him to stay on the practice squad. Okay, That's what I, I can see him on the practice squad too. I mean, we're just <clears throat> yeah wrangling around here. Yeah. So, all right, linebacker time. Linebacker time. This is where I went heavy, so I think this is why, like, you know, my wide receivers are short. My quarterbacks are short. The Lions still, I mean, man, this is the position they've been trying to figure out for a while, and I think depth is going to be interesting. The top of this is starting to shake out. Uh, I think Reggie Ragland changes a lot of things, man. We'll we'll see if he can really put it back together. Um, But, yeah, I've got Jamie Collins, Jared Davis, Tavai, Christian Jones, Julian Aquara, Reggie Ragland, Jalen Reeves-Mabin, and then Miles Killebrew just barely made my list. Again, because of versatility. You know, we I, I think we talked before, is he going to make it as a safety? Lions have been trying him out more as a safety. I think he'll be listed as a linebacker, but, you know, you have that flexibility with him. Yeah, Killebrew's a tough one for me. I, I currently have him as literally my last guy out. I just they they moved him kind of back to safety this this offseason and to me the just like that constant juggling of like where can we put this guy? We like him so much on special teams, but we can't figure out if he's a linebacker, we can't figure out if he's a safety, mm-hmm. and that's just, to me that's just kind of like an internal struggle. Like we really want to keep this guy, but it's becoming hard to just keep him with special teams because the Lions have a bunch of new special teams guys and they have a new special teams coordinator. And I, I do think they really value that for miles Killebrew, but at this point I just, I don't think he offers much outside of that. So he doesn't offer any potential at this point because he's what four or five years into his career and hasn't, hasn't solidified a defensive position. So my, my linebackers are Jamie Collins, Jared Davis, Christian Jones, Reggie Ragan, Ragland, Jalen Reeves, Maven, Jelani Tavai, Julian Okwara, and then you mentioned Austin Bryant. I think he stays on the pup, so he's not going to be on my 53 at this point. He's right. going to stay. He's going to essentially move to the reserve pup, which means he'll be out at least the first six weeks of the season. What do you think? Who, who do you think then takes the fall off the roster when Bryant does come back on the on this list? Because I mean, I've already said it's going to. You know, they could keep around Albert Huggins and then shuffle him back somewhere else once Bryant comes off pup. But who do you think is so far, or have you not listed him yet, that's going to get cut when when Bryant comes back? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, maybe maybe someone like John Penasini, um, how, how valuable is a backup nose? 
maybe maybe not that valuable and and he's he's going to take some while take a while to grow maybe it's someone mm-hmm. in the defensive backfield it's a good question and and i honestly given the way austin bryant's career has is the trajectory is i wouldn't even say there's a guarantee he comes back this year maybe the lines That's just true. be like you know what maybe they decide let's keep him on ir and and just get him ready for 2021 and, and try it all over again then yeah i could see that too yeah. all right cornerbacks i've got six of them here how many you got corners one two three four five six as well counting ah 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 uh yeah okuda trufant coleman orwarie ford mcrae for me the only difference i have there is i have daryl roberts in instead of mike ford and again this is another one where it's tough it's yep it's who it's it's special teams versus good defense and Daryl Roberts has a little bit of special teams value, but he's certainly not as good at special teams as Mike Ford is. But Daryl Roberts is a guy that has plenty of experience at, at the cornerback position. The question is, do you want to keep a fourth outside cornerback or a good special teamer? And to me, you already have Tony McRae in. I think we both had him in. That's your special teamer. And then I have a couple special teamers at the safety level. My, uh, chat saying Mike Ford is hurt. He was pretty much back today, so it was a minor injury. So I don't think injury is going to play into it. Um, he, he had an ankle sprain, but he's back. So I don't think – he only missed like two practices. So I don't think injury plays into it. I think he's going to have a fair shot at, at a roster spot. But to me, again, he's – to me, the defensive backs were the toughest for me because you have to kind of balance that – is he going to play defense? Is he going to play special teams? Um, right. Yeah, I ideally want a guy who can play both, but a lot of times it's one or the other. And for me, I'm just taking the extra the extra safety pick here with Daryl Roberts over either a guy like like Mike Ford or um, or even D. Virgin, a guy we didn't name. A D. D. Virgin, a great special teamer. Um, I think we both have him out, but he certainly has a spot at one of those last positions as well. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I I don't think he, yeah, D Virgin and I, I I didn't see anything about him being hurt, so we're just nope. both keeping him on the out. Okay. Yep. Uh safeties. We've kind of been blowing through this all pretty quickly, so we'll have some comments at the end here too. Uh I've got Tracy Walker, obviously, Duran Harmon, who I think he's shown himself to be a team leader at this point, if nothing else. 100%. Will Harris, CJ Moore, mm-hmm. and then I have Jalen Elliott in with the caveat that I mean, we're we're talking about an undrafted rookie, but once again, this is another placeholder spot. I think he's going to move to the practice squad once Curse is back off of his suspension. Yeah, and that that's definitely important to point out. Jaron Curse, I think, is a guy who who plan who the Lions plan on being part of the secondary this year, but has that three game suspension, so the Lions can move him to the reserve suspension list for the first three weeks of the season, freeing up a roster spot. I only have them keeping four safeties at this point, and really? so I have. I have Walker, I have uh, uh, Duran Harmon, Will Harris, and then my fourth is C.J. Moore, who <laughs> Bray, Braden Coombs, the special teams coordinator, basically did something unprecedented in his press conference on Sunday. He, so, someone just straight up asked, who's someone who stood out on special teams? And he kind of, he started the answer by doing a very coach speak thing. He's like, you know, I don't really want to mention, I, I really like all of our guys. I don't know if I can single out a single person. But, and then he went on a four-minute rant about how awesome C.J. Moore was at special teams. <laughs> so, C.J. Moore's on the team, 100%. I think he's one of those special teams guys, along with Tony McRae, along with Jalen Reeves-Maben, um, a couple other guys um, that, that basically have a spot locked in. The thing that I'm 
concerned about with my own list is I don't know if I have enough of those special teams guys because I didn't put in Jalen because I didn't put in Miles Killebrew because I didn't put in D Virgin or Mike Ford or um, you know any anyone else I may have left off but I do think the lines could be set with you know Daryl Roberts is like I said a guy who can do it McCray did it with Coombs back in in Cincinnati CJ Moore is good at it Jalen Reeves Mabin is good at it I think they'll be okay although it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they take someone like Desmond. I'm sorry, Daryl Roberts out for a guy. Maybe not Bobby Price, but I think my. I think one of my last roster spots was really between Daryl Roberts and Miles Killebrew, and I, I ended up going with Roberts. But it could certainly be a guy like Killebrew. So you're saying that uh, finally you you don't you should probably now is not the time to buy the Miles Miles Killebrew jersey. Probably not. But I, I it, that's an same old time, joke, man. That's an old joke. I don't even know if people <laughs> listening now remember that. Maybe, maybe not. All right, one more position group to go. Oh boy. All right, the well, most special of all. Special. All right, let's start this slowly, man, because okay. this is gonna be this is gonna be a bombshell. Matt Prater. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Um, I had to catch We're- up. I had to catch up pretty quickly on punters so i'm assuming jack fox is who we're going with at punter correct it's a 50 50 split here and coombs said as much um the reason i picked jack fox as well is simply because he's been repping first like that's it like if you're if you're sitting there watching practice they're indistinguishable in terms of their performance i'm taking jack fox simply because he's repping first that's that's literally my entire uh rationale for that pick It, it could be aaron sipos though Suppose is off the COVID list, correct? Yep. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Um, I know Chris. the odds favor Muleback. Chris. I know our souls favor Muleback. Chris. It might be time, man. Don't say it. Don't you Steven dare. Steven Wordle. Wordle the turtle. See? I, I Listen, I came up with it, even a nickname for him, all right? Wordle the turtle. He'll bend down like a turtle and snap that thing back. This is why we have negative reviews, Chris. No, this is neg- why we have we, negative reviews. We have what negative are you talking about? Because apparently we're SJWs because we talk about things or something. <laughs> I don't know. You goddamn. You're the you're the damn snowflakes out there. No, uh, listen, <laughs> Muleback's turning 39, man. Like, the, I he's had a long career. I hope he makes it. I hope he damn well makes it. But at some point. The dice have to favor the young the young pup, and I think Steve Wordle, uh, Stephen Wordle, Wordle the turtle. Let's let's get that rolling. Uh, is probably going to take over at long snapper. And I mean, listen, we he's he's defended it well. Who was who was the last guy who really challenged it? Was it Landis? Yeah, Jimmy Landis. Yeah, Jimmy Landis. Yeah, I don't know if he challenged him that well. He went on IR and then never emerged. That's true. Like, some some people say he's still on IR. Mm. Have we even ever heard from Landis after that moment? <laughs> I mm. don't think so. Very sinister. Uh, very sinister indeed. Th- again, I would say it's really hard to judge a long snapper battle in camp from hundreds of, of yards away. So I can't I can't give you any sort of inside track of what I've seen at camp. Other than, again, uh, Muleback has been repping first, which is why I I think he wins it. And I, I, I'm kind of with chat here. Like, 
when, when Don calls it quits, that's when that's when the lines move on. Okay, like he, okay. he goes out on his terms. That being said, Wordle, you know, he was up for best long snapper in the nation last year in college. He, he's not bad at it. Um, and and I would say, like, considering the lines are going to have a new holder, considering the the lines are having a new punter if there was a time to move on from your long snapper because there isn't that like ingrained chemistry between long snapper and holder anymore because you know the, the punter is gone um we're having a new punter there this could be an opportunity to get out but the question is why would you want to and i don't think you would want to yeah He's, I, I still i still like wordle the turtle that's where it's holding me up you just it's just it's just the name thing yes it is what what do we do here at Pride to trade other than name things? It's true. Twenty twenty name bracket winner. Who was the name bracket? Diversion. On the out on my list. All right, we'll display those on YouTube and on Twitch here in a second. Uh yeah. Any any parting words before we get into the mailbag? What do you what are your overall thoughts on the roster? How about that? On your roster. Overall thoughts. Overall thoughts. So I think, you know, I, I, I think someone put it well the other day. It might have been when you and I were talking, but it's like difference between right now and some past years with Caldwell is that Caldwell's teams did really well in spite of not having a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent here, but we just it's been underperforming up until this point. I like what's going on with the defense right now, uh, especially with Oquara. I really need to see more out of the linebackers. The the corners really have to prove that they, that it they can pick up after Slay. And then Stafford just needs to stay healthy. I'm not too worried about the offense for once. I know we we kept worrying about weapons for a while, but I think as long as Amendola stays healthy, it's a good-looking offense on paper. So I think my my hold-up position is like, look, man, this was the 31st ranked offense last year. I mean, defense, excuse me. It was 31st ranked defense last year. You don't have a lot of room to go but up. But uh, there's definitely been, they've definitely been overhauling it. I know uh, Patricia's handed off play calling. So that that's going to be something new that we're going to have to deal with this year too. True. So, I mean, I'm, I, I hate to say that I'm looking past the talent, but like you, you, the talent's fine, but you just got to make it work. It's kind of, and I, I know yeah. I have deeper thoughts than that in our full season preview coming later this week, but I mean, I, I if you're asking me if we're going like, do I'm trying to do one to ten on some of these, so I feel I'm about like a, I'd say about an eight on the defensive line. I'm about a six on the linebackers. I. I'm between a six and a five on on the D, on the backfield. Wow, that's almost inverse for me. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I was just so we a, a while about a month ago we did a ninety man countdown of the Lions roster when they were back at ninety players, and it was really disheartening actually. Like just kind of looking at the talent, you're like, "Ooh, this team might not be that good." But now that I've cut it down to my fifty three, I'm actually a lot more optimistic, and that makes sense. Like your top fifty three is obviously going to look a lot better than your 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 ninety players or so. But the defensive backs, I think they're deep at corner, deep enough at corner. Safety is not very deep. Um, it'll be deeper when Jaron Curse is obviously yeah. Back safety from is safety is what's holding up the backfield for me. Yeah. 
Um, because really, I, I'm only confident in two guys playing safety, and that's Deron Harmon and Tracy Walker. And even Deron Harmon has never been a full-time starter, so it's it's even a little bit of a stretch to, to imagine him um, as a full-time starter. I guess Getting I'm just linebackers. Not, I, I, I'm I'm just not yeah. expecting the world out of Akuda in as a rookie is is the thing. And then once you take Akuda out of that mix, I'm looking deeper down on the cornerbacks, and I'm kind of shrugging my shoulders a bit. Like, okay, I I, I like Coleman, but the and I I kind of like Trufant, but I've got questions after that. Yeah, I mean, I I like how Amani Orari has looked in practice. He's looked comfortable. He doesn't again not fantastic. I would say probably like an average cornerback um which mm-hmm. which is good for a second year fifth round pick um but i i like that i think he's taken a big enough step where if jeff okuda isn't the starter in week one i'm not going to be panicking i'm going to be like okay, okay. We, we should be we should be okay um moving to the linebackers i i really like the depth like having reggie raglan is a guy that's coming off the bench a guy that's probably rotating in certain formations i like that a lot my issues with the starters and yes, we, we, I mean, we, we've talked about Jared Davis ad nauseum and I don't think he looks better in training camp. Christian Jones is a guy who looks like he's going to be starting at Jack linebacker. And I don't think that's an upgrade over Devon Kennard and Devon Kennard was, was cut for a reason. Um, so that concerns me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also pretty low on the linebackers with you. I, I, I like the depth more, but I still hate the starters. Defensive tackle, I'm not feeling very good about. I don't think I, Kevin I know fans keep telling rest. me I'm sleeping on Jared Davis, and uh, no. I don't know. Forget. We'll see. We'll see the first we've, couple of weeks, and we'll see if I keep we've sleeping. Been, we've been sleeping on Jared Davis for three years now. Yeah, four years now. This no. are four years now. Four years? No, this is fourth year. Anyways, um, yeah. I think I underestimated the starters. On the defensive line going into camp, I'm a little bit higher on a guy like Danny Shelton and and even Nick Williams, uh, but the depth just isn't there. Okay. A guy, when when Kevin Strong is your first off the bench, that's not great. With John Penasini, um, you know, I think I think he's going to be a little overwhelmed at first if he even sees the field. I, I don't think that's a great situation. So defensively, I'm more confident in the back end than I am the front end, but I do think it's a little bit better than I thought it was going into camp. Fair enough. Let's take a quick break here. We've got a mailbag to get to, and uh, I want to spend some time on that. I haven't had a mailbag since I came back, so I want to chomp on it a little bit. Ready to do it? Let's do it. All right, quick break, and then we do the mailbag here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD as always get your questions in. Jeremy's been saying mailbag while I've been gone. It's mail time. But I'm sorry. Yeah, mailbag. You should, you should be. Mail time. Yeah. 
Thank you. I, I, I don't want to be the only one who sounds like I'm probably the only millennial left that's watching PTI, but... Uh, you are. Yeah, I know. I'm not even <laughs> watching it anymore, to be honest. All right, let's see here. Uh, we got plenty of questions, so... I want to start with uh, this one because I think this is actually this isn't in your list, Jeremy, but it's something I just saw a couple hours ago and it kind of dovetails off to some news around the NFC North. This is from Tyler Bostador at Boss the Ted Door on Twitter. Sorry, that if, if that sounds friend weird. Of speak, friend of the show. Yeah, I just haven't read it before. Excuse me. With the Vikings adding Ngakwe, the Bears having Mac and the Packers having the Smith brothers, who is the Lions' staple on defense now that Darius Slay is gone? So this actually gets us into the Ngakwe news, which, uh, how, how do you say his first name? Because I've, I thought it was Yannick up until this point. I've heard s- several pl- people saying Yannick. I've always pronounced it Yannick. Yannick okay, Ngakwe. I've, I've heard of Yannick this week, so I'm. it's one of these Manti Teo Issues where I'm like, I've been saying it wrong this entire time. That's like sweltering through my brain. So I apologize if I have. But uh, yeah, we've got Ngakwe in the division. Yeah. What do you think about that move? Before we I get to, to Tyler's. Course, I yeah, mean, I know I hate you hate it. it. Can, um, you, can you be a rational NFL guy for a second, though? Put aside the lion's cap that you are currently wearing and say about the move itself. Like it's it's absolutely a win for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions that are going to come with it, like how they're going to manage their salary cap. It sounds like they're already, you know, they almost lost Riley Reef in in the process, which I think would have been a huge loss just because they would have had Mm -hmm. to shuffle their offensive line. Not that Reef is a a great player, but he's not a bad one either. Um, But it sounds like they're going to restructure his contract. They got Ngakwe at $6 million less than his franchise tag. So you could tell that dude wanted out of Jacksonville. And unfortunately, the Vikings were the one that, that... you know, took advantage of that. Um, it's 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 a great move for them in the short term, though, because now they they've got someone that that can rush the passer um, in in replacement for some of the guys that they lost this offseason. So he's going to fit in right away. He's going to be a terror to quarterbacks. Like he's not great against the run, but I don't think the Vikings care. They 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 flat out don't care. Like they just want guys who will terrorize opposing quarterbacks. And Mike Zimmer is a defensive genius that has kept. You know, if you if you ask analytic people around the NFL if it's even if it's even possible to keep a defense consistently good most will say no most will say put all your efforts on offense offense is the side of the ball that can be consistently good for years because you have a good quarterback you're probably going to have a good offense defense is way more variable yet somehow Mike Zimmer has made that defense consistently a top 10 defense every single year that he's there, and now he's got a brand new weapon, and that's bad news for the Lions. I don't know if he's going to be there long-term. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Um, the, the, uh, either way, it's a win for the Vikings because if yeah. they lose him next year, they'll probably – someone's going to pay like crazy for him. They'll get a third-round compensatory pick, and so that means they traded away a second and a fifth, get a third in return for Yannick and Gakwe for a year, and that's worth it, no question. Yeah, and I think when you look at the division, the division itself, like it's a smart move to focus on the quarterback. I mean, you're you're already no matter who starts in Chicago, it still has to go out through the the quarterback's hands. They don't have the running weapons, I I believe, to get around that reality. 
Like, I don't think Montgomery, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen are going to form a backfield, a power backfield for, for the Bears. Nor, and you know, you've got, you focus on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Absolutely. And you focus on Stafford in Detroit. So you do focus, you want it, guys who are good against the quarterback in, in the NFC North. It's just what you do. It's, it's, you play to your division right now, I think. And the Vikings are smart to do that. And I think they were already kind of my favorite to win the division. I think that just, it solidified them a little more. This is a very bizarre division, but I think getting Ngakwe does kind of solidify them there. That said to Tyler's question itself, staple on the defense. And this is the weird part, Jeremy, because besides Jared Davis, I I mean, no, no, besides Jared Jared Davis, Davis, I'm talking about long, I'm talking about long-term names though, that we can think about for the lions. It's pretty much a new project right now, man. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all offseason. This is a huge, huge, huge roster turnover on defense. And so the the longest tenured player on the Lions that's probably their best player is Tracy Walker. No question Oof, for me. A safety. I think Tracy Walker's really good. I don't think yeah. he's going to be the, the face of the defense. I think that's probably going to go to either... Jamie Collins or I mean I mean Jeff Okuda is obviously the guy that they want to be the right the game changer in the long term but if we're talking about this year it's probably not going to be him so it's 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 I mean I guess the answer to your question is either Tracy Walker Jamie Collins or or I don't know I I I don't think you can put him up with the the other guys on this list but I can you put Trey, Trey Flowers? Flowers? I yeah, was going to say. Yeah, Trey Flowers. Yeah, yeah, but again, like, this is division that isn't going where, you know, doing what Flowers does isn't going to get you a ton of accolades. He's not really much of a pass rusher. I mean, he is and he isn't. He's going to yeah. get more sacks than he did last year, but the reason why the Lions shelled out for him is because he's a balanced player. He's a guy that can rush the passer right. and can stop the run, whereas a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, the Vikings like, screw it. You just... You have one job. Go get the Go quarterback. Eat. That's Go all we care about. Yep. That's yep. all we care about. That's all and you should care about. It, in the it's North. clear the lines. The lines don't like those kind of players. They don't. No. All right. Um, let's see here. Next question from Billy Sims made me do it. If people can go to Lions games, will any POD staff be going or any POD members? Uh, he's talking to the comments too. He says there's some ticket holders on the POD commenters. Uh, will you go? I mean, for me, I'm in L.A., so I can't go anyway, but let's just assume I'm back in Toledo for a second or even up in Detroit. No, absolutely not. I, I'm not I'm not even one of these people freaking out about the COVID, but why even risk it at this point, man? Like, and I, I, I just saw something, some German scientists have been doing stuff, like, even if you catch this, even without symptoms, like it can do some long-term damage to your heart. If you say you're fine with that and want to go, that's fine. But don't bully me and call me a coward or whatever, man. I'm, I'm, I've got to take care of a family. I've got to take care of some people in my life for a long time. I'm sorry if suddenly I don't want, I want to like wear a damn mask or if I don't want to go out and sit in a, in a restaurant or something. It doesn't make me a damn like. That's the thing is like I've seen some people trying to be brav- like like really pounding their chest. It's like, I'm not scared. Cool. The virus doesn't care if you're scared or not. Like if you want to go live your life, that's fine. I mean, we're already at the point where 
trying to flatten the curve is a completely lost cause. And there's so much bad information out there on both sides. A lot coming from the side, though, that wants to dismiss it. I've heard some people once again say the virus is in retreat. Uh, that was wrong for you the last few times. We'll see how that works out for you this time, man. But for me, I've known for a while that it's just better to watch the NFL on uh, television, man. You've made a good TV yeah. product. You've made a good TV product, and in the midst of a pandemic, suddenly you say, hey, you should really go to a game in person? No. No, 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 no. You've just been telling us for years that the TV product is better than the actual in-person product. It costs less, and now all of a sudden you want to just reverse course on that? Get out of here, man. In the midst of a pandemic? Get out of here. Yeah. No, I'm uh, watching I on TV. That, I think that last point is really the, the, the biggest one there. It's like, it's just, it's it's so... It's it's fine on TV. Why would why would you want to risk anything like that? And I kind of have an upcoming decision that I haven't made a decision on yet as media because I will be able to go to games if I want to as media from week one. Um, the question it, for me right now is, is is valuing the worth of it because I'm not going to be allowed in in the locker room. Mm. Uh, I will. I think I will have like exclusive Zoom, you know, privileges for for press conferences after the game. But is that worth it to me? to go all the way to the stadium just for that when I can watch it on TV and, and, and basically have almost the exact same experience. I don't know yet. I, I'm not that concerned about COVID because I know their game plan is going to be thorough. Um, they're not going to pack everybody into the press box. I think that the plan is to spread them out through the suites and things like that. I think at least that's what other teams are doing. So I expect the lines are doing something similar. Um, to me, it's just a, it's a matter of worth uh, going to the game as media at this point. Um, I'm not sure if, if I can really get any sort of benefit from that. Whereas, say, I were at home during games, we could jump right here on Twitch right after a game and have a post-game show. Which, I mean, well, you're you're spoiling things, Jeremy. We might I'm, have some... I'm just throw It might happen. I'm not saying might, it will. It might, happen. It we, might we've, happen. We've had talks just... Again, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. If you are not following or uh, forget about subs for a second, you can subscribe if you want, give Jeremy some more money, but like at least follow, at least get your notifications turned on when we go live is all I'm saying for the season. There you go. It's going to be a party. It's going to be an absolute party. That or very, very sad. We'll, we'll or very sad. It, I mean, just, uh, this all depends on the sad, Lions. You know actually. what? A sad party is still a party. So yeah, we are going to party. You know what? <laughs> I know Detroit sports fans don't like the lovable loser stuff, but we're going to lean into it if it turns into another leap show. All right. Ah, uh, let's see. Zucifer, our old friend Zucifer, sending us this one. What do you think Taylor Decker's favorite sandwich is? A triple Decker. Oh! Your mic cut out completely there. <laughs> Thank you, Bust. on my end. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, I, I, what, I don't get to answer now. Like, you just won. I'm good like that. I'm back. Wait, I'm back, baby. Is the KFC thing called a double-decker? Or was that... Oh, no, that was a double-down? Double double down. That was the double-down. Dang it. I've oh. had two of those in my life. <laughs> not You're not the that only bad. person to go no, back. No, 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 no. Listen, not that bad. I, I, I'll, I'll say that. You're just basically getting two pieces of fried chicken with some bacon on it, man. That's true. That's all but, bacon and cheese. Like that's it. But it's it's not high quality of any of those things. So chicken's decent. I I'm not a I'm a fan of KFC chicken. I like I, I think their chicken's all right. 
I, I understand why everyone goes to Popeye's these days, but I still like some of the original. The problem is I think most people go to KFC and they try to get the crispy and it's just never going to match up. You just got to go original and like a little bit of that. Okay, you're shaking your head. Never mind. Um, not a sponsor anyway. Next question. MKE, do you think Bob Quinn will give Galladay a big money contract? And he says that he thinks he might have chosen Decker over Galladay and won't pay Galladay now. Bob comes from the Patriots training where wide receivers aren't paid big money. Listen, at some point, we just got to stop thinking about it as the Patriot way, man. Yeah. Like, like this- I, that was going to be one of my points because the, the Lions haven't followed the Patriot way. No, and they have I mean, they, they went out and shelled a lot of money for, for Marvin Jones. That was one of Bob Quinn's first moves, actually. Um, was signing Marvin Jones to a big contract. So I don't necessarily agree that, that they're following, uh, you know, the, the Patriots way of thinking when it comes to wide receivers. I think wide receivers is an important position. I think it's one where, yes, there are a lot of talented wide receivers out there, but at the same time, you kind of want to keep the ones that you got. Um, a guy like Kenny Galladay, I think, is, is on the verge of being a top 10 wide receiver. So, yeah, I think they do pay him. I know Lions fans at this point are a little bit like, I don't know. They're a little gung shy with, with Bob Quinn seeing, you know, see, seeing a lot of really talented players leave this team like Graham Glasgow, like Quandre Diggs, like Darius Slay. And, and they all left on kind of different terms here. But I think the Lions absolutely will have the, um, the, the cap space to do it. I think obviously COVID throws a little bit of, of a wrench into it. So maybe that's why things have taken a tiny bit longer than normal. But at the same time, this is about the time all these extensions happen. So yes, I do think Kenny Galladay gets a deal. Um, we, we put an article on Pride of Detroit where I talked to Brad Spielberger from Over the Cap and PFF. He's a salary cap guy. He basically nailed the Taylor Decker extension. So I asked him to also kind of give uh, an estimate for for Kenny Galladay. He said 18-ish million a year, maybe a little bit more than that. So I think that's what we're going to see in the next couple days. All right. Um, I've got two more on our outline. I want to take one from chat, Twitch chat real quick, if you don't mind. Let's do it. All right. Joshua Mercer 7. I like this one, Joshua, so thank you. Um, if, we're, if we like run def- run defenders on the D-line so much, why not Jadevian Clowney? That's his bread and butter. And Jadevian Clowney famously right now, we talked about this during a break, one of the few guys who's still out there as a free, big names out there as a free agent. Uh, what do you, I mean, I, I mean, listen, man, yeah. I know you're a Michigan guy, but, and I know I'm opening old wounds here, but that is that image. No. I don't care how many injuries he's had that image when well, he was at South Carolina. Should. <laughs> I've met Vince Smith too. Like <laughs> I met, but that, that image is glued into my head and like, I, I, I get it at this point. I, I think what's hold him out for this long has been those injuries, man. It's been those injuries. It's been the production like, but that, that flash of thunder is still there. And I'm really interested to see if the lions could take a, a flyer on. I just don't know in our 53 man roster where you'd even stash him. I don't know. I, at this point, I'm just sick of talking about him. How long okay. has he been a free agent? Like, yeah, I feel like the ship has sailed at this point. We just have to get over it. Like if the lines were going to do it, they would have done it a while ago. Um, and I don't know, maybe what, what do you think? The, what do you think the holdup is? Just, what do you think the holdup is? is I don't, do you think they're asking for too much money? Do you think it's the injury history? What do you think it is? I mean, it's probably a combination of both those things, I would think. I don't, I, it, I'm really kind of flummoxed by it. I'm surprised some team hasn't just thrown money at the situation. But yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't know how you can sign a guy to that to a long-term deal when, when all the injury concerns are there. Like, you're really putting yourself at risk, and, and with the salary cap probably going down next year, it's, it's even worse. So, yeah, no. I, I've moved on at this point. Like, maybe it happens and, and surprises us all, like like a Mike Daniels-ish type of, type of signing, but at this point, don't please just don't get your hopes up anymore. Like... Move on with the guys that the Lions got. We we know they like who they like, and uh, and this team isn't. I don't. I don't think this team is a is a Jadavian Clowney away from being a Super Bowl contender. No, it's not that that true. That is absolutely true. There, um, you had this one saved in the in our rundown. So let me see here. Motor City Football asking us at LF Fan O nine twenty two. Has anyone noticed that pr- this is specifically for you, Jeremy? Has anyone yeah. noticed at practices if the Lions have been lining up and running any two back sets? Yeah, I, I wanted to address this for a couple reasons. One, I can't say mm-hmm. um, that that's the kind of like strategic thing that they don't allow media to share. Um, but which has been a lot, things- which has been a lot more strict this year too. Yes, it, it and it strict league wide. This isn't just a yes. Lions thing. This, they, they've been strict league wide with that. Um, and I think part of that is because there's no preseason and teams are maybe looking at beat writers a little bit closer. Um, the, the thing I will say, though, is one, we haven't seen a lot of we didn't get to see a lot of DeAndre Swift. We only saw about two or three practices out of him. So if that's the plan with DeAndre Swift, um, we may just have not been able to see it because he wasn't out there. And the second thing I want to say is now they have a week, two weeks of practices with no media there. So if if we didn't see something or we saw something in the last two weeks, it could look significantly different in practice this week and next week. So um, while I can't say if they did or didn't do it um, in the two weeks we were there, I will say that there's a really good chance that the Lions were hiding some things while the media was there, and they're they're just now un- unveiling it now. All right. I, I think I'm done with questions. You have one more. I know we didn't. There's two more here, but if there was something else you wanted to grab. Uh... No, man, I'm I'm good. That field that covered that felt like a, a, a nice satiating podcast. Well, we'll see you next next time. Again, coming up next later in this week, we're gonna have our season preview podcast. Big Lion season preview. Talking feelings over facts because facts suck. And we uh facts have never been on the side of the lion. So what good have they ever done for you anyway? So you know what? We're gonna be talking some facts, but mostly feelings, because feelings don't care about your facts. And that's how it is. This is a postmodern world, man. And this is a postmodern podcast for a postmodern NFL team for the Detroit Lions. Uh, once again, twitch.tv slash Pride to Detroit, YouTube for Pride to Detroit, Pride to Detroit on Facebook, at Pride to Detroit on Twitter. Jeremy's got our, we'll probably throw those rosters somewhere and then you can all yell at me and leave bad reviews again and do all those kind of things that you just say, Chris, you, we love that you hate your back, but we hate you, which is totally fair, but I'm not going anywhere. So for me, for Jeremy, for everyone at pride of Detroit, see you star side. Mm-hmm.